Uh, I, I don't know why we're so stupid tonight. Because I haven't seen you in two months. Yeah, that'll do it. Hello and welcome to the Magic Mike's Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Wigs Club. I'm Brendan and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Really enthusiastic today, ain't ya? Today we're... You caught me right as I was gonna get a drink of water. (laughs) Today we're watching Season 1, Episode 19, The Fall of Magics. In Italian, the title is The Attack on Alfia, and the Four Kids dub title is The Army of Decay. The original Italian episode aired March 10th, 2004, and the Four Kids dub originally aired on October 23rd of 2004, which means this is probably our Halloween episode. Friggin' sure is spooky enough, my god! Let me actually just double check. Yeah, the next episode is November 7th, so this is Halloween 2004. (laughs) Happy Halloween! Everything is awful. So I put out the call for listener questions. Did we get any biters? Nope. Okay. So that means we can start our episode. The plot is finally here. We begin with a less-than-sweeping shot of Althea. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we get some, like, sad slow music as Bloom and Stella walk into the courtyard after the events of last week's episode. And there's... See, here's the thing about this episode. A lot happens. Not a lot describable happens. It's like 80% fight scenes. (laughs) Yeah, it's all fight scenes and just, like, slow, dramatic pans, which are really fun to describe. So little happened that one of my notes is, oh god, they have toes. (laughs) Because when Bloom and Stella get into their dorm, it just shows their feet, and they have individually drawn toes. Well, it's better than just cloven hooves. So, um, Stella takes Bloom back to their dorm... And uh, all the other girls come out to welcome Bloom back. It's, again, it's not really a lot to talk about. Uh, The important thing is that uh, Griselda barges in on their reunion and tells Bloom that Farragonda wants to see her. And um, Griselda has a very strong RBF. Yeah, she does. Resting vice principal face. (laughs) (laughs) So, in Farragonda's office, Griselda does the first considerate thing we've ever seen her do, and pours Bloom a cup of tea, except the tea is white? Someone mentioned milk tea, and the animator took it literally. (laughs) Here, Bloom, drink this cup of warm egg whites while it's hot. It's just a cup of, like, scrambled egg whites. Exactly. Uh, So, Farragonda begins asking, hey, what happened? 
because we were all worried about you. And I wanted Bloom to say, I was tired of being constantly headhunted by the tricks and went home. But what she says instead is that she felt like she wasn't good enough to be at Althea, which would be a little bit more valid if that had any buildup whatsoever. Uh, and instead, last episode, she just felt like she'd been played for a fool and went home because she was a depressed teenager. In Four Kids, it makes a lot more sense where she just says, I felt like I didn't belong. Because she really is part of two worlds. Well, she does have red hair, but I don't think she has... But I don't think... No, purple's not part of her color palette yet. Or green. God, thank God. Bloom and green. Ugh. <laughs> Lady Bloom and green. And then Bloom tells Farragonda what happened when she was at home. Uh, she tells Farragonda that she found out that she's the only surviving heir to Domino. She's the keeper of the dragon flame, and that Daphne's ghost has been trying to tell her all of this for the last couple of weeks. And Farragonda. <laughs> and then Farragonda. <laughs> Farragonda pulls out the I know card. <laughs> yeah, apparently Farragonda put all of this together at some point. And when Bloom asks why Farragonda didn't say anything, Farragonda tries the whole martial arts movie, uh, the journey is more important than the destination thing. And then Bloom uh, reveals that she's almost been murdered a whole lot. <laughs> why, Aunt Dorothy, all you need to do is click your heels three times and you'll go home. What? <laughs> you have to get your character development in before I reveal this to you. I could have been home two seconds after I got here! <laughs> yeah, but you're going back to Great Depression, Kansas, so be a little bit grateful. Going back to the Great Depression, Kansas, after your house got ruined by a tornado. Actually, I think it might have been pre-Depression. It might have been, like, early 1900s, which is even worse. That's Great War, Kansas. That's right before the Dust Bowl. Jeepers, Dorothy, you really got the hell out of Dodge. You got color. In Technicolor, we're available. <laughs> Bloom reveals that the tricks now have the dragon flame and she does not have any magic. And she has no idea what's going to happen now that the tricks have finally gotten what they've been trying to get their hands on for the past 18 episodes. And since they've been expelled from Cloud Tower, no powers can stop them. Speaking of... We go to Cloud Tower. This is where Four Kids starts. Uh, we're in the Cloud Tower cafeteria, which is, uh, just to remind you, a an actual like tower-shaped room with a huge spiral staircase. And there's just a bunch of landings on that staircase that go out into, uh, like, balconies where people are eating. Your mozzarella sticks would be cold by the time you got up to your table. Well, when you can teleport. <laughs> um, I wrote down a couple of great lines from the four kids. From, from the four kids. The first line we hear at all is... 
it's a spell that turns a fairy inside out, so her wings are on the inside. It's really funny. That's terrifying. <laughs> I think Stacy needs to see the guidance counselor. <laughs> and then her, the person she's talking to is like, oh yeah, you gotta tell me that one. And I'm like, who are you? That's gross. Why does this episode feel weird right now? Uh, this whole episode is honestly a little weird. Yeah. So, uh, the tricks strut into the cafeteria in their, you know, their coordinated jumpsuits. And they've got Nut and Pepe with them. One of the girls goes, and my girls, I mean one of the students at Cloud Tower goes, Oh my darkness, don't look now, but guess who just showed up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, is, which is what I'm using every time. I see someone. Uh, Griffin has a, like, I guess it's her table. Like, her personal table is at the very top of this uh, spiral staircase. And so she looks down from her perch and demands to know what the tricks are doing in her school. And then uh, tries to trap them in a force field dome. But since they're all hopped up on Dragonfire, Icy freezes it and shatters it. And once again, Four Kids doesn't know how to do dramatic silence. Yeah, that's right, Icy. Show her what we're working with. It's a really cool effect. The force field, like, freezes like a bubble and then just explodes. And the ice swirls towards Griffin, smacks her into a table, and it breaks in half. That's uh, a breakaway table. <laughs> it's prop glass. It's designed to give the illusion of a break, but it... Mm, no real injury. Uh, and apparently there are, there are now teachers at Cloud Tower, because two of them go to help Griffin out. They look like Griffin just spawned them. They look exactly like her. Yeah, they they look like Griffin with less developed character designs. One has a tattoo on her face. Or maybe it's some kind of scar? Or both, who knows. The important thing is that uh, one has a bob and the other has a slicked back lesbian power haircut. Sindel! You're right, it's it's Professor Sindel and Professor Roberta Cutt. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> oh, God, I hate you. So uh, these these two professors yell at Icy and uh, Stormy makes a tornado. You know, her go to. Except this time uh, it's in a vertical room. Oh, God. Like, it's in an enclosed vertical space, so it sucks in everything. Like, there's just witches everywhere, and, like, the furniture's flying around and everything. Hey, Bren. Yeah? Would you say they're flying every which way? Would you say that they're defying gravity? Ooh, ah! 
The important part about this uh, tornado, though, is that it throws two of the professors through a stained glass window. And they're never heard from again. (laughs) They're actually directly in the next scene, and I don't know how they got them back. (laughs) They're directly in the next scene, but they they barely do anything now, but they're just gone. It even makes a point at the end of the scene, not to cut ahead, but nothing else happens. To just show the two broken windows where they flew out. <laughs> uh, that's when the tornado just kind of stops. And because they've lost all of their uh, momentum, all of the witches just start falling. And Griffin jumps down from her pedestal and she starts like zapping the students, which and like she's teleporting them directly to the ground so they don't, you know, hit terminal velocity. So <laughs> in four kids, in four kids, they're all going, Professor, help, help me. Ah! So uh, Griffin throws a ball of magic at the tricks. And Darcy does this really cool thing where she catches it, shrinks it to the size of, like, a marble, and then smashes it between two fingers. I thought she was gonna eat it. (laughs) Spicy. (laughs) Ah, taste the void. And, uh, Icy shoots Griffin against a wall and, like, freezes her to it. The same thing she did to Bloom last episode. And says that the tricks are now in charge of Cloud Tower. Commercial break. <laughs> After the commercial break, the tricks have set themselves up on some sort of throne. Uh, like, I guess this is where Griffin usually sits in this lecture hall or wherever they are. And she's <laughs> got like Stormy and... The, the best part is that Stormy and Darcy don't have chairs. They're... It looks like they brought out, like, a pair of folding chairs for them. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. We ran out of chairs. Somebody go grab the card table out of the garage. <laughs> That's the kids' table. We ran out of space. Lucy is at the kids' table for sure. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> What's for dessert? Pumpkin pie! Ah! <laughs> wow. Icy, from her new throne, declares that Griffin and all of the students of Cloud Tower are going to be sent to the dungeons. And uh, one of the professors tries to say that the tricks won't get away with it. And Icy has a great, uh, she just has this great line where she says, yeah, you did a great job stopping me five minutes ago. Um, while the tricks were saying, like, hey, dungeon time, the Students sitting right next to Lucy looked way too into that. I don't think the animators got the memo of what their faces were supposed to look like. Animators get no memos. It seems like Icy's voice didn't get some kind of direction because she sounds like she's just reading off a script. Like, like. Wait. Well, by definition, it yes. Sounds like she's. It sounds like she's not acting. You know what I mean? Well, we've kind of established at this point that Cinelum really does not have a vocal director. But Icy's usually better than this. Maybe she was having an off day or having trouble with the line. Maybe Maybe it's clinical depression. (laughs) 
<laughs> something's rotten in the state of Canada. Who knows? Griffin says that they've gone mad with power. And Stormy says, once that everybody is locked in the dungeon, the tricks are going to venture into the Cloud Tower crypts. Where the I guess dark I have those. Where the darkest magic is locked away and conjure forth the army of darkness. Can somebody get Bruce Campbell on the horn? I think he could stop this. This I'm guessing this is exactly why it's called the Army of Decay and Four Kids. Yeah. Uh, apparently nobody's ever been able to control the Army of Darkness, and if it is unleashed, it will destroy literally everything. But apparently the tricks don't care. <laughs> so we smash cut right to them going into... Now they said the word crypt, but I think they might have translated something wrong. Because this is just a bunch of books. There is not a single coffin. Um, so there's an explosion. Because the doors apparently don't work or something, I don't know. It's a solid, it looks like it's a solid slab of rock. The explosion. Before the explosion, it's just a slab of rock. After the explosion, there are two knight statues. Oh, and let's not forget that before the explosion, like, we get the establishing shot of the door, and it looks like it just, like, leads to some sort of cave. <laughs> and then it explodes, and now they're in the library set from a few episodes ago. Um, in Four Kids, Darcy says, Ladies, welcome to the newly renamed Darcy Library of Dark Magic. I get what they're going for. And then Icy says, good name. Is it, though? Is it? No, it's not. But uh, that doesn't matter. What does matter is they find the actual Necronomicon. It looks like it has the picture a picture of Nemesis from Resident Evil 3 on it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's this grody skull. Uh, and while, so while the tricks summon the souls of the damned to do their bidding, uh, back at Elfia, Farragonda's on a Zoom call with Professor Saladin from Red Fountain. Uh, Wizgiz and Palladium are also with her for this meeting. Carmen San Diego was busy, I guess. Uh, Saladin uh, believes that the tricks are too inexperienced to fully make use of the dragon flame, but Farragonda warns him that the tricks make up for lack of experience with sheer ruthless ambition. Uh, Saladin does trust her judgment, though, and he says he will put Red Fountain on alert. Uh, Wizgiz asks why they haven't tried contacting Griffin, but apparently nobody is answering the uh, other end of the Skype line at Cloud Tower. There's just a room off to the side. We just hear... Doo, 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 doo. In Four Kids, Saladin says that someone changed Griffin's answering machine. That love don't live here anymore. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a really shuss, angsty song. I feel like it's a reference to something. Uh, please say it's not Love Never Dies. Love never dies. Bleh. <laughs> but your career will. 
Love Don't Live Here Anymore is a 1978 pop song by Rose Royce. There's also a Madonna song by the same name from 1984. Deep cut. I think this is a For the Parents joke. It's either a For the Parents joke or uh, the writers thought it was funny. Okay, work? Uh, so back at the Winks dorm, Bloom has like no idea what they're going to do about any of this because she doesn't have any powers. And this is another scene where everybody just kind of like sighs and makes little remarks and moves around a little bit. <laughs> the important thing, though, is that while Bloom is having her uh, her drama moment, her actual like dramatic plot moment, uh, her cell phone rings, and it does not look like it used to. <laughs> it looks like a landline. Yeah, it looks like a landline. Uh, it is like a... Does anyone know what a landline looks like anymore? It is what... It's one of those weird off-white phones that everybody had in the early 2000s. But it still has a cord on it, I think. Or was it wireless? I can't tell. I think it was wireless. Well, this is the magic dimension. <laughs> what was that laugh for? I just remembered Sky's phone. Oh yeah. So <laughs> while while Stella picks up this ninth this like, you know, two thousand one landline, Sky is calling from a nineteen ninety six cell phone. Uh, just a quick reminder, because because we freaking did this for the whole season, it sounds wrong to call him Sky. We established last episode, Prince Sky is the blonde, Brandon is the brunette. So that's why Sky is calling for Bloom. And there's actually a very cute bit here in the 4Kids dub. And, uh, when... Stella picks up the phone. There's this really cute bit in the four kids dub. Bloom's room. Stella speaking. Uh, hey, Stella. Is Bloom there? I'm sorry, but Bloom is not available at the moment. Can you give her a message for Gotta go now, Brandon or Prince Guy or whoever you are. I can't do a Dan Green impression or I would have. If I try to do Dan Green, I'm just going to do Yami Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. Hey, Stella, is Bloom there? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be closer to Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged. After Sky gets hung up on, Riven is Riven again. Riven uh, thinks that all of this petty teen drama is hilarious and immediately runs to tell his girlfriend about it. And I have a note here. I'm, I'm not as sure how to explain this part. Like, I don't know what the fuss. Uh, the part where he, like, races along the CGI landscape. Like, just this whole scene. So here's what I have for this. So uh, Riven drives his hoverbike to Cloud Tower, and uh, Darcy calls him over to a window. 
And apparently it's the window that leads like directly to Griffin's office and the tricks oh, set I'm up still, shop there. I'm still in the four kids notes. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Oh, were you a little bit later than that? No. It's the four kids scene. I have no idea how to explain because it's like, it, it makes no sense. The, the four kids version of this scene? Keep going. So, uh, Riven jumps off his bike and through the window, and uh, Riven asks when Griffin let the Trix use her office, and Stormy says that they've just taken it. And Icy's eyes straight up glow red. So here's something cool. Whenever the Trix are channeling the dragon fire, their eyes glow like bright orange. Like, it's white with a red outline. It's a really cool effect. But when I say Icy's eyes glow red here, I mean her, like, irises and pupils are red. Icy activates her Sharingan. Oh. Jesus Christ. Yes? What's the matter? You pulled a goddamn Sharingan out of your ass. <laughs> I've seen the tune-in exam arc. I know what. Uh, I've seen the first three episodes and the Tamari ten ten fight. I know what a Naruto is. Uh, for once in his life, though, Riven gets a clue and realizes that something very like super weird is going on. I know it kind of ruled. He says that he doesn't like what's happening, and Stormy walks up and, like, cups his cheek and goes, Oh, Riven, if only there was somebody who loved you, and slices his cheek with one of her terrifying talon nails. Is this where Frozen got the idea? Uh, so, the tricks, like, start hovering. <laughs> Just cause... And they, like, start, like, circling around him. Like sharks. <laughs> and Darcy's doing some magic stuff? Yeah, Darcy's doing some unspecified magic. And I think it's Icy who congratulates him for... And I think this might be, a gen like, a genuine thank you. Because she congratulates him because without his spy work they wouldn't have gotten the upper hand on the winks. And I guess that's true from a number standpoint. And the, and it was at this moment that Riven knew he fucked up. Uh, Riven says, uh, that's not true, that's impossible. And Darcy asks him to look inside his heart, for he knows it to be true. And then Riven pulls out his lightsaber. Because he thinks he can take up three wit, uh, he can take on three witches hopped up on dragon power. <laughs> that sounds like a drug. And eh, pretty much. Uh, and he like literally can't land a hit on them because his lightsaber just like passes through them like they're not really there. There's also this like really cool shot of Stormy here. Where she's, like, completely glowing purple and crackling with electricity and, like, all of her hair is standing up on end. And it's devil horns. Oh, yeah. And, uh, when, like, after he fails to fight them, Darcy just throws him into a void. 
As you do. The entire landscape is black, and there's like three giant tricks there who are presumably going to torment him for the rest of eternity. Now, here's something I kind of want to point out. I thought it was a little weird that four kids did not have this be the moment where, like, they unbrainwash him and make him realize, like, the consequences of everything he did while he was Darcy's plaything. Because I think that might have had actual dramatic weight. Yeah. Uh, But no, instead, he's, like, throwing a tantrum almost. Because Darcy is breaking up with him? Yeah. This this is how I'm not sure how to explain this part. Like, Darcy broke up with Riven, but Riven's not getting it. And he throws shuriken at her. Because he loves her. I don't... And that's what uh, abusive jerk-offs do when you try to break up with them. It's... Their relationship is very weird. That's one way to put it. Especially because the four kids dub makes it non-consensual. Yeah. So after they throw Riven into the bottomless pit, uh, the tricks uh, start conjuring the army of darkness. And it's not a bunch of skeletons. It's a bunch of goopy bugs. Yeah, so the sky goes black, and it starts raining. And I thought the rain was black, but apparently later it's dark green. Which I guess makes a little bit more sense for animation purposes. But the cool thing is, as soon as the rain hits the ground, it starts, like, congealing into these centipede monsters. Oh god, and it makes the gross noises. They make, yeah, like, gross clicky bug noises and, like... Goopy noises! They make goopy noises! Yeah, they make goopy noises, they make bug noises, and they chitter and shriek. Um, Four Kids has a raw line. Every molecule of decay from the last millennium will become our soldiers. That is really raw. (laughs) And, uh, the... The goopy bugs, <laughs> it looks like they build themselves into bigger monsters, is what I'm understanding. Uh-huh. So, like, they've got some that are, like, flying manta rays. They've got some that are Cthulhu's with lobster claws. And they've got these, like, brute types that have, like, no heads. They're just, like, chests and arms with teeny legs. Uh. Which I thought was kind of cool. And, uh, of course, they're all CG, so there could be a whole lot of them without uh, wasting a lot of animation budget. <laughs> copy-paste, copy-paste. Uh, back at Alfia, Tecna looks outside just as these dark clouds roll in. It's about to rain! Thank you, Tecna. <laughs> Tecna, the smart one, or just the one who points out the obvious? Um, in four kids, she is definitely the smart one. And by definitely, I mean, I guess. (laughs) Huh, those are some type of cloud I didn't write down. This isn't the right time of year for those. Or something like that. Because I guess she's a meteorologist now. (laughs) Uh, but it starts raining centipedes. 
Uh, I read the, I wrote Acid Rain. Kinda, yeah. But the acid is bugs! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they start crawling over the walls of Althea in, like, one giant purple mass. As you do. And, like, they start, like, they go over the balcony edge to get into the Winx's dorm. So Palladium actually slams open their door and tells them to evacuate. And uh, the centipedes are, like, swarming over the castle and just covering it in purple. And Stella goes full-on Canadian. Oh, sorry. She blasts the window because, remember, she's afraid of bugs. And goes, sorry, it was pure reflex. Stop being so Canadian. Oh, we see some background fairies. Yeah, we get a bunch of uh, background characters in fairy outfits. I like the one with the pink beret. I knew you would. <laughs> the one with the raspberry beret, like the kind you find in a second-hand store. Don't you prince at me. It's raining purple bugs. That's close enough. <laughs> purple bugs. Purple bugs. Uh, the Winks decide to fight back and... Uh, Bloom gets benched for this fight since she can't do anything. And everybody is just kind of throwing whatever spells they have at these bug monsters. Uh, I think Musa has the coolest spell of hers we've seen yet. Oh, yeah. So she makes an energy ball and she throws it and it turns into a disco ball. And the disco ball starts spinning really fast and shooting friggin' laser beams. It's like that scene from Scooby-Doo 2002. Uh, Flora also conjures a plant that vores one of the bigger monsters. Night, Grandmom. <laughs> that was horrifying. <laughs> uh, also, one of the centipedes starts dragging Kiko away. And Bloom really wishes she wore sneakers today. <laughs> yeah, Bloom wishes she has closed-toed shoes, because she just stomps it. And it's a massive black goo. Help. Uh, and, like, as soon as she says, like, I might not have magic, but I can still f protect my friends, there's a huge monster. Ooh. Ooh. Real quick. Wait. Huh. No. After. Sorry. It's one of the, uh, Cthulhu types, and I said it- I think it looks like a chul from Dungeons and Dragons. Let me grab a picture of one of those so you can see what I mean. Oh, I don't like that. Which are its arms and what's its legs? Like that that third set of appendages, the second set of appendages, what are those? <laughs> what are those? I believe those are legs. Are those extra legs or extra arms? <laughs> yes. Oh. And since this monster is a CR7 encounter, Bloom just books it. She's too low of a level to even deal with that. Uh, Musa has another one, like, form behind her, and Tecna throws a straight-up bomb at it. That was rad as hell! I'm surprised they kept it in the 4Kids dub. Did they change the color of it, or was it green in, um, Sinaloom as well? It was always green, because it's Tecna color-coded. 
No, Tecna throws a highly realistic block of C4 at this thing. It's very odd. I was talking about the explosion, you idiot. Uh, Did it explode I, green in Sinaloom, or was it red? It might have exploded red, like fire color, but so I don't know. It to green. They may have changed it to green to pass the sensors or whatever. Uh, and at this point, I'm wondering where the teachers are. So Bloom gets cornered by the monster that's chasing her, and it gets destroyed by a boomerang. And this is actually kind of a good fake-out, because it reminded me that Sky has a boomerang. And I, and I went like, oh, sh-. Did Sky come in to save her? But no, no, it's actually Professor Palladium. He says the spell is called Light Sword. He casts it at fourth level, and he's going to teach Bloom how to do it next year. So I guess Bloom's staying. I guess Palladium's a wizard. <laughs> I mean... Well, he's a he's an elf. Real quick, quick question. Yeah? Where's Murda? A pumpkin. Yes, but did they just leave her on the table in the room to be eaten by bugs? <gasps> oh, that's a horrible way to go. Um, I think Murda is in Flora's bag of holding. Okay. Murda will show up when it becomes relevant again. Murda is in hammer space, got it. Uh, Professor Wizgiz also joins the fight by shape-shifting into... Dinosaur? It is a dinosaur, but it is like six dinosaurs all at the same time. <laughs> so it's a triceratops, but it doesn't have horns. It's got like a turtle shell. And like ankylosaurus knobs, but not like the ball at the end of the tail. It's kind of weird. It's very confusing, but still cool. So Griselda bursts into Farragonda's office. Uh, the creatures have taken the East Wing and are headed for the laboratories. In <laughs> uh, the four kids dub, it's a little bit more optimistic because apparently they're actually like... Doing a good job? Yeah. Uh, Farragonda gets Saladin back on Magic Skype, but apparently the exact same thing is happening at Brick Fountain. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, in Four Kids, they're like, yeah, chatting. In Sinaloom, Saladin leaves, you know, help his students. In Four Kids, he just gets cut off. Yeah, the connection fails. Uh, Here's a good time to mention this. In Four Kids, if I remember this correctly, because, again, I couldn't write down every single scene shift, they switch between Althea and uh, and Red Fountain. Instead of just staying at Althea and then going to Red Fountain. Yeah, I think they changed... I think they might have changed a few things or cut some footage out. No, they kept like I think they kept switching between the two locations, which made it a lot more interesting. Oh yeah. So we go over to Red Fountain, and there's like a whole retinue of those monsters like stomping up to the gates, and some of them are in the courtyard. So the boys are doing like weapon stuff. Uh, Brandon has a Darth Maul laser pike. Sky breaks out his boomerang. 
We see one guy who's got, like, Wolverine claws. And one guy just punching them. I think he threw some shuriken. After he punched them. Maybe he was holding them between his fingers like car keys. <laughs> also, Kodatorta jumps in and he's got his laser whip. At one point in Four Kids, someone shouts, they're battering the South Gate, and then immediately someone goes, Oh no, only freshmen are there! <laughs> so they're all dead. We get like another brief commercial break. And when we come back, there's a spaceship flying in. The side doors open. Clone troopers. They start blasting the Genosians. The Jedi forces have arrived to save Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan from- Brendan! Wrong franchise! <laughs> no, it's Diaspro and a bunch of, like, robots? And you think she's gonna be like, we're here to help, but- She's here to get Sky out of Dodge. Uh, because... He's the only heir to the throne of Arachleon, so... And it's interesting that the four kids dub actually toned her down a little bit here. Because in the Sinaloom dub, she says, let these peasants do the fighting for you. Harsh? Maybe. Wrong? Not really. But in four kids, she says, you have a duty to your kingdom. Yeah, she said duty. And, like, she throws down this ladder that, okay, you're gonna have uh, to censor you, this. You, you thought that, too? It looks like... Yeah, that's a, that's a very suspect ladder. But, uh, Sky says that, uh, he, he will fight for Red Fountain, he will fall with Red Fountain, because he's an idiot. Okay, King Kalen. He slices the rope, and uh, Diaspro just tells the other soldiers to leave him, and they fly away. Uh, that's not... You could still stay in... Okay, bye. She also does point out that it's kind of a hopeless fight. It's not like she just shows up to get him out, and when he refuses, she dips. Because, like, there's the very real possibility that if she does stick around, she will die. You know what I mean? Leave the people with guns! I mean, yeah, they have guns and she has magic, but there's also, like, a never-ending wave of these monsters. And I think she specifically says, like, you can't see it from where you are, but there's way more of these things. And it's never gonna stop. What I'm saying is just leave the people with guns. They seem expendable. They don't have faces. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh-huh. Do also, that. Also, in a zoom out, the fountain students and the monsters are evenly spaced for maximum 1v1. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how D&D encounters work, right? <laughs> we leave to go to the tricks who are standing on the battlements at Cloud Tower. Uh, Icy orders Darcy and Stormy to recall their armies, because now that the Magic Dimension has had a taste of what they can do, it's time to present their demands. And that's the end of the episode. We want first dibs of the potato salad on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, cliffhanger! <laughs> <laughs>
It's a cliffhanger. And, you know, that reminds me of a joke in Four Kids where Icy says that as student council president, she's going to make real changes and not just soda machines in the cafeteria. <laughs> and then it cuts over to Lucy and she just goes, Because <laughs> Lucy, much like you, if Lucy doesn't have her Diet Coke, she gets cranky. I have one Diet Pepsi left in my house. I need to go shopping soon. Oh, no. So now that the episode is over, after what feels like one of our shortest recording times in a while. Yeah, this episode's going to be like 45 minutes long. Uh, it's time to discuss our best moment, worst moment, and crown the MVP of the episode. do da do So, Tess, what is your best moment? Griffin showing that she cares about her students' safety and well-being. And not that she's just evil. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good to see. Uh, because I guess now that we've got uh, seven episodes left in the season, it's time to start showing that witches aren't entirely bad. Uh, my best moment for the episode is actually going to be the um, Attack of the Clones Boss. fight scenes. <laughs> Like, they're hard to describe, but they actually look pretty good. Please watch this episode. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to say that the worst moment of the episode... Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of hard to choose a worst this time, because my, my knee-jerk reaction is to say all of the stuff with Bloom, because it doesn't totally fit with the rest of the episode, but it, it kind of does. Um. Because I guess... I got she, mine. She, oh, what's your worst moment? It's about to rain. <laughs> Thank you, Tecna. <laughs> oh, you know what my worst moment is, actually? What? The two Cloud Tower professors who have existed for five seconds and do nothing. Oh. And I believe they will continue to exist for five seconds and do nothing. Uh, also, my other worst moment is um, Farragonda knowing exactly what's going on, or at least having a very good idea of what's going on, and not telling Bloom anything. Because how would you grow as a person? <laughs> by learning this! Uh, by not going through severe identity crisis, actually. By not having multiple hits out on my life. <laughs> by at least understanding why there's a hit out on my life. <laughs> Help me! Uh, my MVP for this episode... I'm going to give it to Professor Griffin. Ah! For the same reason they put her as best? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, even if she did get bodied by the tricks... Uh, my alternative best is, uh, or my alternative MVP is actually going to be the animation staff for designing those monsters, because they actually do look pretty cool. Oh, they're so creepy. My MVP is going to be Griselda for showing actual compassion today. <laughs> Griselda felt an actual human emotion. <laughs> I don't like this. Don't worry, Griselda. Christmas only comes but once a year. 
thank you for joining us for this very silly quarantine episode where we're both slowly losing our sanity because it's been two months since we've had physical contact. I don't know what words are anymore. Yeah, me either. If you'd like to follow me, Brendan, on Twitter, you can find me at Sonata Waves. S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter, at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in... I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> you can find the show on Twitter, at MagicWinksPod. You can email us at magicwinksclubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast, at gmail.com. If you listen on a platform that accommodates it, please leave us a rating and review. I'm saying words now! Uh, Next time, we can look forward to episode 20, Mission to Domino. We're gonna get pizza! (laughs) Until next time. Meeting adjourned. Oh, I'm going insane. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine, we can fly through space and time. And together we be surfer winners. Winks, with a smile you can enchant. You light up our world. We'll fly the moon and sky together. We're breaking free so. There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. Is there any particular reason? Um, I'm cleaning up my iTunes library and I passed by Breaking Free from the High School Musical soundtrack.